0: the streak is over thank the good lord the rangers nine game losing streak is over and they ended it with a feisty fiery one run win in houston let's talk about it you are locked on rangers your daily texas rangers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day You are locked on the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, founder host for all four seasons of this locked on Rangers podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 7th. Your Rangers are 59 and 76, just one minute away from tying last year's win total. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers and subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment any single thing below. Now, let's get into this game. It was a massive win. It felt like a just completely different win, not just one of those, you know, innocuous, doesn't mean anything you whoopty freaking do win this was this team was in a rough space nine straight losses the starting pitching staff is just an absolute mess they just lost a one-run game that felt like their their best chance to snap this streak in the game before in a one-nothing loss to uh, to the Astros where Martin Perez pitched beautifully absolutely beautifully and the only reason a run scored was because of a poor throw by Bubba Thompson that that's Pretty much the only reason the Astros even had a run on the board against Martin Perez, who has been just... Absolutely phenomenal this season, but the Rangers really came up huge in this one. They got on the board with a two-run double by Ezekiel Duran. They scored another run on an error. Sing- Sam Huff singled to Jose Altuve, and a throwing error by Jose Altuve allowed Ezekiel Duran to score. The Rangers had a three-nothing lead in that second inning, and it was Glenn Otto on the hill, the Houston kid, the former Rice Owl, who. Didn't have a great outing but had a good enough outing He allowed one run in each of the next three innings to where when he was pulled from the game after four innings He had given up three runs and the game was tied three to three The Rangers didn't do a whole lot in those middle innings But they were able to scratch off one run in that seventh inning and it was thanks to some scrappy hustle play and a, a walk by Mark Mathias Mark Mathias is able to work a walk with a full count, had a runner on third base. That runner was Corey Seager, who was actually on base because he absolutely hustled out of the box on a ball hit to, I believe it was the pitcher, somewhere in that first base line. He was just hustling out. It was an Arizona chopper, as they call it, just bounced right off in front of the plate and he was sprinting his butt off to get there. He did some smart base running to get all the way over to third. And then on that wild pitch, Mark Matthias has not worked a whole lot of walks in his short major league career so far. But he just had four entering the game before this one, which was a huge one. It was a wild pitch that got away from Martin Maldonado. Corey Seeger read it extremely well and hustled his butt all the way down to score and give the Rangers a one run lead. They would Desperately, desperately need finally get the lead. They hopefully would not have given up. And when when you went to the pen, when you went to the pen, by the way, I got to commend Corey Seeger for hustling on this play. Corey Seeger is one of those baseball players that makes everything look super easy. Does not look like he's trying very hard. That does not to say that he isn't trying very hard, but he's not a guy who usually hustles You know, very hard down every single routine ground ball to first base, which I honestly think gets overblown the importance of that. I think people look a little bit too much about that. Like, oh, if they don't do that, then they don't care. There's 162 games. There are a lot of routine grounders to shortstop, to second base, to third base, even heck to first base. And hustling out every single one, a lot of times that's how hamstring injuries happen. That's how you get a lot more wear and tear on your body. He is saving himself. He is ha- He's a guy who's had a lot of injury issues. He's not been able to be consistently on the field. He has done well when he's been on there, but there's not been a game, there's not been a season where he's played more than 150 games since his rookie year back in 2016. And I think he is learning how to take care of his body, how to give max effort when it's necessary. And you know, save himself a little bit of of trouble, a little bit of hassle, a little bit of wear and tear on his body, because he has been so healthy this year. He's got 129 games played this year. I feel like he's missed uh, maybe seven, if my math is right. It might not be, but it's it's not any more than you know, ten ish games. He has been very consistent for the Rangers. They have needed his bat in there. He has been a constant, constant force. For this Rangers offense, and you know his bat's been a little bit quiet as of late, but he is still doing the little things to help this team win. And this is a team that has not been winning as of late; it has been a rough way. I think one of the guys who got dinged for that not hustling balls out a whole lot to first base was uh, the third baseman Manny Machado. When he was with the Dodgers, he got a lot of flack for that, and I pretty sure he had some hamstring injuries another guy who had hamstring injuries but did hustle a whole lot to first base and I think that made it worse was Nelson Cruz there were a couple of times where I I think him hustling out a little bit more than he should have made those hamstrings worse he missed significant time with the Ranger for several years with those hammy issues so I think that it is smart to not always just gun it 110 percent but to know there are situations where you need to do that, and he is doing that. This Rangers club was just giving it all in this one. They were really aggressive, and as we saw that with uh, – I was about to say Jorge Alfaro. No, Adolis Garcia going out to right field to try and rob a home run from Jose Altuve, who has absolutely crushed the Rangers. He's got a 10-34 OPS in 13 games against Texas this season. Thankfully, they will only play old Jose Altuve one more time that is tonight um, we'll talk about who the starting pitcher is in that and how excited I am about that person finally getting back and healthy but and then we also saw in the ninth inning which I was a little critical a little bit critical of Marcus Simeon for this play in the ninth inning he was able to reach on a double Corey Seeger popped out the very next at bat so he was on second base with one out and instead of he wanted to get over to third base so that Nathaniel Lowe could score him with just any kind of out to the outfield but I think he was a little bit aggressive he did get a good jump but it's Martin Maldonado back there behind the plate and he is a very good defensive catcher with a very very good arm and the guy at the plate is a lefty so you have you don't have that same blockage that same interference that well not actual bad interference but like you know incidental batter interference of a right-handed hitter and being in between the catcher and third base, making that throw to third base a little bit harder. The side's wide open. And also, it's Nathaniel Lowe. Nathaniel Lowe, I believe, already had multiple hits at that point and had reached on a walk. He is the one of the hottest hitters on the planet right now, and I think that spot of being a little aggressive might have been too much, but I don't fault him he did get a good jump, but, like, maybe... Maybe, maybe once once Nathaniel Lowe, if, if he still grounds out there, well, again, if, if he had grounded out there, it would have been one out, and Corey's, Marcus Simeon would have been on third base, and then Adoles Garcia, Mr. Close, close and Late, would have been up with a runner at third base with a chance for an insurance run. Maybe that would have worked out a little bit better, but I still do like the hustle. Maybe not in that scenario, but I get where his head was at, and that hustle has really gotten the Rangers a lot, including in this game, very early, like we saw in that, uh, that seventh inning where they were able to score that run. Anyway, we're going to get into a little bit more of this game, a fun post-game thing that happened with Tony Beasley, and some really, really great news for the Rangers on the injury front. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you were depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. And guess what? There is a new flavor, are you ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right, Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puff has a light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough with without the hassle of actually making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag yourself a box for you and the family, it'll be the perfect treat. Or if you can find a really good hiding place, you might wanna hide these for yourself because they are just that good. What's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently, provides a ton of health benefits, eat something that tastes good and it's good for you. You're going to love these new cookie dough chunk puffs, whether you get as a snack, a workout, or you just need a quick bite Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a built bar. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off at built.com. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Dustin, Dusty Baker, his family owns a winery in California. They make lovely wines. I have not tried them for myself. I really need to go check out and see if I can go find them at a local wine store, but Free of charge, Dusty Baker gave Tony Beasley a bottle of wine from his vineyard. Actually, a couple bottles of wine. And before the game, Tony Beasley told the reporters that were in Houston, which makes me wish that I actually went to Houston, which is a very rare thing for me to say about that city. But he said, "You know what? You know what? If we win, if we win tonight, we'll, we'll bust out this wine and we'll each take a sip, which is very fun. And you know what?" He was counting on it because before the game, he went up to Dusty Baker and said, quote, we're going to kick your butt tonight and I'm going to drink your wine that's fantastic, that's absolutely fantastic that is the kind of attitude you want from a manager, a guy to get his guys fired up to even when they're in a nine game skid, to go out there and tell the opposing manager of one of the best teams in baseball you know what, we're going to kick your butt and I'm going to drink that wine that you gave me as a present, because maybe you felt sorry for me, or maybe you're just being a genuinely nice human being doesn't matter, I'm going to kick your butt and drink your wine anyway, and that was absolutely delightful by the way, it should be said, it probably should have been Said before the last game that uh, this was the first time the, before the first series that these two played while Tony Beasley took over, which I believe was last week. But that was the first time this season, and this this game on Wednesday today, as you're listening to this, or maybe the day after, whatever, is going to be the last time that two black managers face off against each other, unless the Dodgers and Astros meet in the World Series, which give me a little bit of PTSD. Hope somebody can knock off these Astros in the playoffs, but. There's just not that many black managers in Major League Baseball. It is just Dave Roberts and Dusty Baker. And for now, we also add Tony Beasley to that list as an interim manager. Maybe he will be the full-time manager starting next year, but... Who knows? This was just a fun, fun attitude, and it felt like it was being managed like it was a, you know, game six of the playoffs. There was I was watching a little bit of the Orioles game versus the Blue Jays. The Orioles have lost a couple. They are still fighting for their playoff lives, and there was a little bit of a kerfuffle in that game, and you could kind of tell, of course, Rugnet Odor was, was on that team. It gives them that fiery spirit, and we talked about how the Rangers need an Ian Kensler type, a Rugnet Odor type, um, you know, the the person, not necessarily the player, to like get this team fired up and and like that. And Tony Beasley kind of provided a little bit of that. But anyway, those two teams in in the AL East were playing like it was game six of an ALCXS of a, or a World Series. And the Rangers kind of managed this one like that too because they had been on such a, a long, prolonged streak of losing because it had not been a whole lot of close games because they had a mostly fresh pin. They were able to take Glenn Otto a little bit out of this game early, even though he was only at 80 pitches. There were a lot of very hard-fought pitches. Each one of those second and third innings and fourth innings, I should say, were all just pretty tough on him he was working throwing a lot of pitches i I gotta give him a lot of credit the strikeout stuff has been pretty darn good as of late and he's been getting a little bit better with the walks only had one walk in his four innings here only two of his three runs were earned he did strike out five that's coming off eight strikeouts in five innings in boston his last time out in that game the rangers completely blew last week about the Rangers, I was surprised when Jesus Tinoco came in in the seventh inning. Taylor Hearn has to get a lot of credit in this one. He worked two very important innings, not a whole lot of drama. Shutout. did not allow a single walk, did strike out two in those innings and allowed just two hits. Not any drama from him, provided that bridge to the back end of the bullpen in a very, very big spot against a very good Houston Astros team. But the Rangers tried out Jesus Tinoco right when they get that one-run lead, and I thought okay, okay, I I did not think that this is how this is going to go. But to his credit, he bent but didn't break, allowed a hit and a walk, got a pair of outs. But once he allowed those two base runners, Matt Moore came in, worked an inning and a third of perfect baseball, was able to get to that ninth inning. And instead of Jonathan Hernandez, he was getting a mental day off. The Rangers went to Jose LeClerc and he shut it down, worked around a leadoff walk without too much drama, just a little bit of drama. You know, you had to face off against uh, Jordan Alvarez, who was the final, the final batter of this game, which always should make you nervous. And then if they didn't get him, they would be up to Alex Bregman. This was just a really tough way to close it out. But no drama, no drama for him at all. The Rangers were able to get their 11th win in a one-run game. They are still very bad in one-run games, but you know what? A little bit better is all you can ask for. They're 11-29. If they can hold off getting that 30th one-run loss throughout the end of the season, I will be extremely grateful. It will still be a horrible season in those close games. I do think that should still be chalked up to luck, but the Reindeers got a win when they needed it, and that is really, really the most important thing. Coming up, we're gonna look at some really, really great uh, injury news for the Rangers, and a little bit of what this rotation might look like with a seven game in six day stretch coming up. But first, this word from our sponsors. So the best news comes right now, the immediate good news, I should say. Maybe some better news later on, but Cole Reagans is off the IL. He will start on this Wednesday game. The Rangers really, really need him to come up and be effective. He has been okay in his three starts for now, but I'm really glad. Four starts, I should say. 18 and third innings in those four starts, a 442 ERA. It's been really, really walk heavy. Four home runs in those 18 innings and 10 home runs to just nine strikeouts. He has not been, the whip is really bad or the the FIP, I should say, is really bad because those are the three things that FIP is concerned with, and it just really does not like him at all. He's got a 660 fielding independent pitching, an ERA plus of 90. He's been able to work out some of these tough jams, but he's been a little timid throwing strikes, and, you know, I kind of get it. When you've given up four home runs in four starts, that might make anyone timid, but he's he's been pitching against really tough opponents. He has not had it easy. He has not had, you know, just the run-of-the-mill, nobody, terrible major league teams that he's faced off against. He's faced off against the White Sox, Houston. Grant he did have one game against Oakland, which was one of the two times that he did go five innings. But even then, he allowed a pair of home runs to them. And then he also started against Minnesota. Those are all, well... Three of those four are very good teams. And now he's gonna to have to go into Houston again. The last time he was there, he did allow five runs in four and a third innings, including a pair of home runs. But honestly, for what this Houston Astros team is and what they're doing right now, how good they are, it kind of it, it that's kind of an okay result, especially with you know, what Houston Keiko was able to do in his few results before they had to call or when they had to call him up in the absence of Cole Reagans. I'm hoping that he can find that strike zone, be effective in that strike zone against Major League pitching, I against Major League hitting. I know that he can. He can be serviceable, and even a little less than serviceable is still better than what the rangers have been getting so far at this point but coming up they've got a seven games in six days stretch including that stupid flyaway double header on monday against the marlins they've got a game at noon and a game at 6 p.m i feel like they should just make that the wait 30 minutes and then start the next game kind of game as opposed to the doubleheader because it's in between two home series it makes no sense scheduling wise they should have just put it on Thursday or move those games with the A's up a day because I'm pretty sure they have an off day on Monday and the Rangers could have done it on Thursday or maybe Wednesday I, I don't know but not like this they come home to face the Blue Jays for three games which hopefully we'll see Josh Young's major league debut there then Josh Young can maybe fly off to the Marlins for that doubleheader and then back home for two games against the A's. So right now I'm thinking the rotation would probably stack up something like, uh, Dane Dunning on that Friday game against the blue Jays. And then we might see Martin Perez on Saturday, Then on Sunday, I think we might see another Glenn Otta performance. Then I think that Monday is probably, is probably when we would see a John Gray. Maybe we'll see, um, John Gray and um, I I don't know at this point this is kind of a rough stretch they kind of almost need six starters so let's see Martin Perez was going on Saturday and then uh, Glenn Otto then we have John Gray and maybe maybe you you give another start to Kohei Arihara because he is there and the Marlins are terrible (laughs) they are really terrible offensively so maybe he can get you four or five innings I think that might be the route that they go. And then and then we'll see. And then maybe we, we have Cole Reagans on on that game against the A's on the 13th. That will have been six-ish days. And then who knows? Honestly, who knows for that final game against the A's. Maybe that's a bullpen day. Maybe they call somebody up from AAA. There's not a whole lot of options there. And they have not had... Basically, any success when they go to the bullpen game, they have won one game. and I think they've lost eight or nine games. It has just not been it's it's not been great. It has just not been great in those bullpen games. But there is some good news. John Gray is hopefully coming off the. IL. He is going to throw a bullpen today. He could come back off the aisle without a rehab start. That would be huge for the Rangers. It would be huge. I really just said that penciling him in for Monday without saying that he's coming off the I.L. fairly soon. If he does have to have a rehab start, that's going to be just cause a lot of problems for the Rangers. But somebody else who is going probably back on the I.L., Brad Miller has hip discomfort. He's back in Arlington awaiting a decision probably to put him on the I.L., probably to make a roster move either today to bring up Cole Reagans. I don't think he's officially made the roster move to bring him up just yet but I do think it's either going to happen then or they're going to make a move on Friday when they hopefully call up Josh Young or just maybe they're never going to call up Josh Young. I'm just going to forget that he exists and lose him in the Rule 5 for nothing. I, I don't know at this point. We'll, we'll see. But Young is playing right now in this afternoon game. He's DHing in Round Rock, so I am led to believe that he would probably be given a day off to come up and travel. They would tell him on Thursday... Or maybe they tell them today, get, go home, pack your stuff, head up to Arlington. You're going to make your debut on Friday. Give them a day to get there, get acclimated, You know, get familiar with Globe Life and all the coaches, whatever, even though it is an off day. Maybe just give him a day to get his family travel arrangements and stuff. But they're all in the state of Texas. Well, Jace is not in the state of Texas. I forgot where exactly he's been assigned. He is off playing minor league baseball. But the rest of the family can come up for the major league debut this weekend. Hopefully, one of the final things that the Rangers really have to look forward to in a big, big way. But there is some other minor league news that I wanted to get to right-handed pitcher Mason Englert. This was just announced an hour ago. He has been named the South Atlantic Player Pitcher of the Month for August. He went 3-1 and with a 182 ERA. Only five earned runs in 24 and two-thirds innings pitched. A .086 opponent batting average. They only had seven hits in 81 at-bats. He also struck out 21 over four starts before getting promoted to Double A. That is very encouraging. Shout out to him. He is going to make his final home start for the Rough Riders but unless they make the playoffs we'll see Ingle is going to be pitching on Friday night We'll see how that goes with Frisco. That'll be very, very encouraging. And I also wanted to give a shout out to some old friends because it was a a big night for some former Rangers. And uh, I want to start with Lewis Brinson, who is back in the big leagues. He has been absolutely going ham for the San Francisco Giants. He's got three home runs for them in a two game span. Both all of those coming against the Dodgers in LA, which is just really, really impressive. He had been with the Marlins, with Milwaukee for, 21 games back in 2017, but he'd been with his hometown Marlins from 2018 to 2021. He had not played in the bigs this year, but also his former Frisco team... Actually, I'm not sure they were there at the same time. They are they're former Hickory teammates, I should say. Joey Gallo also hit a three-run bomb in that game, and Jorge Alfaro, who had been optioned, I believe, to AAA, came back up and hit a another walk-off hit for San Diego, and was embraced by Uh, jerks and profar just nice to see old guys having fun doing good things and uh, another we'll get back to the rangers farm I do want to give a shout out to Jack Leiter who had another really solid start he his line looked a little bit worse than he actually was he gave up three runs for the first time in a couple of months Um, but he was a little bit better than that line he had a Four strikeouts in 13 pitches span. He allowed a walk and a home run to lead off that game, but then he struck out the next four batters on literally 13 pitches, literally one more than the absolute minimum. Because he is just an absolute enigma. His final line was four innings, three runs, four earned or four runs. Three of those were earned. Three walks and six strikeouts. Um, did allow the one home run. Got beat up a little bit towards the end of the start, but the middle of the start was fantastic. The beginning was rough. And, you know, that is that is an improvement on what he has been doing in the month of August and this first start in... September, He might have, I think, one more start before the regular season ends. He might get a little bit more work in the playoffs should the Rough Riders make those playoffs in the Texas League. But really, really encouraging stuff to see him coming up like this at the end of the year. Cody Bradford has also been on an absolute tear in the month of August. We'll see if he continues it. I'm going to try and go out there for the Thursday game. Thursday night game where Cody Bradford will be starting his final game at home in Frisco, again, barring some playoffs in Frisco. And Mason Ingler, we just talked about, and Zach Kent being promoted to Triple A Round Rock. He went five innings and his first start was fairly confident there. It is encouraging to see these guys have these nice starts at the end of the year because, you know, the Rangers hitters. Hitting prospects have done fairly well. We've seen, obviously, Josh Young. We've seen Ezekiel Duran come up big in some moments for the Rangers, like we saw him in this game, and, you know, hold his own pretty well at the big league level. Josh Smith didn't quite hold it as well as we would have hoped. Not nearly as much power, not nearly as much batting average, but defensively he looked really, really solid at third base, shortstop, second. Heck, even left fieldies looked okay. The on-base, the walk rate was really darn good. Striking out a bit too much, but he had some brilliant moments as well. We have also seen... Like I talked about yesterday, Blaine Crim's historic month hitting five home runs in five consecutive games, six home runs in that five-game stretch, having a OPS be up over 850. That has been nice. We've seen how having a good season, Evan Carters back healthy, but the pitching had just not been there developmentally for the Rangers this year, and it it didn't seem like they have been doing, you know, anything that differently than, than what they did last year when they had a whole, whole, whole bunch of success. But it's just been really encouraging from a general perspective, and, and Cole wins just complete obliteration of a year has been also a huge, huge discouragement. I do think he's going to figure it out, but, like, uh, this year has been horrendous for him. It is... I don't know what's wrong with him mentally, physically. I'm sure there are, like... 37 people watching every single frame of like 1,800 frame per second uh, film of Cole Wynn pitching. But whatever it is, I I have confidence in the kid to figure it out. He was dominating A just as, as recently as last year as a young kid. He is still pretty young. I think he will figure it out and end up being a serviceable big leaguer for several years for the Rangers. But this year has been a really discouraging note for the most part on pitching. By the way, I've learned a little bit more about Owen White and what's going on with him. It seems like it, they were just being extremely, extremely cautious with him. He is probably not going to pitch during the rest of the regular season. Maybe he'll get a little bit of work in the Arizona Fall League. Not entirely sure about that one, but it was not. It was enough you know, elbow wear and tear that it wasn't quite Tommy John but it wasn't enough that they could feel like he was ready to pitch again, so they're just being extra cautious on that. I I respect them doing that. I would have liked to see him pitch a little bit more, but not at the cost of him having to have another Tommy John surgery. He's had a great season. He is been one of the few really bright spots for the rangers same with cole reagan's making it to the big leagues now we'd like to see him have a little bit more success maybe he can turn that around in his last couple of starts at the big league level this season but just seeing him make it there has been great we've seen Bubba thompson have some big moments but i am all just completely i don't know i don't know what i was ramping towards it was just good to see some pitchers do well have some pitching prospects do well in a season that has been mostly disappointing for them But I'm excited to see what Cole Reagan can do coming back up being healthy. We'll see what this bullpen holds for John Gray if he can come right back off the AL. And this is the last game the Rangers have to face off against these stupid Astros until next year when hopefully the Rangers won't be completely throttled by them every single time they play. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Rangers. Thanks again for making your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season, which I believe starts tomorrow. On Thursday, yeah, the local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combined into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this edition, and until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.